Welcome to the Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat pod. On today's pod, we look back on a frustrating night at Signal Aduna Park where we fell to a narrow defeat in our last 16 Champions League first leg versus Dortmund. We discuss fullbacks and the focus around Mark Kukurea. We'll do our temp checks after last night's Champs League game and we'll preview our Saturday 3pm home fixture versus Manangela Southampton. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my brother Craig and our good friend Brady. How's it going, boys? Yeah, all right, mate. You know, we're Chelsea fans, so it's never going to be more than 7 out of 10, really. But uh, it's a, a bit of a mad time for Chelsea at the moment. But yeah, I'm good, mate. Other than that, all good. Yeah, another just another night in the in the season that is this season. Yeah. It's, uh, it's incredibly, incredibly tough to watch some of these results. But yeah, we'll, we'll break it down, hopefully. Absolutely. Um, well, let's start um, at Dortmund. Um, it was a game where I think we, the, it was a game full of some positives, but unfortunately the, the constant negative of a, a poor result. Um, I mean, the way I saw it was a lot of energy. Um, it was quite a competitive first half. I think Dortmund came out quite attacking. I think we were kind of matching them. We, we tried to play quite high. Um, which was good, I thought. Um, it led to some really positive chances when we were able to break through the lines um, with, with Loftus-Cheek. Um, but second half, I thought we, we really kind of pushed on for the first time. I know we were very critical of them, uh, the team last week in the second half, but the second half, definitely Dortmund kind of fell back a little bit, tried to maybe stop the gaps that were, were being exposed in the first half. And we were knocking on the door, but there was just no answer. And just sort of a familiar feel, um, unfortunately for us, where we just can't seem to get the ball in the back of the net, even with 2XG, which I think is the first time we've hit that since the, the Fulham away game. Yeah, I think that we talked about Taylor two halves last week with the West Ham game, where we, we came out sort of fantastic in the first 25, 30 minutes and then really, really tailed off and, and had a miserable second half. Um, and this was a tale of two halves as well, I thought. I th- but first half, we were dreadful. So as, as bad as I've seen us play, um, sort of in terms of organisation, pressing, an idea of how to beat their press, um, I thought we were all over the place, to be honest. And I didn't hold up much hope for the second half, but we came out uh, and I thought we played really well. It changed a few things up, um, a lot more energy to come up the sec- out the second half. I thought we were looking sort of more like a dominant team should look. Um, in, in the second half. So I think we'll take that as the positives and obviously, yeah, created a, enough chances. What I'd say about the first half is obviously Dortmund were well on top, but looked incredibly vulnerable on the counter-attack, which created two big chances for us, for Felix, um, especially the second one, which which for me has to score. Um, but yeah, just uh, it's another defeat. And that is the the thing to focus on, I guess, is at the end of the day, football is about results, and yeah, one nil defeat in a game like this is just just not good enough. I, just, I think in isolation, I've been thinking about this game quite a lot today at work. It's like if you took this game in isolation under another manager or whoever, like it's, it's, it was good performance. I mean, we 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 won clearly on XG. I think we could have easily scored four or five goals. 
our chance conversion is just like in the toilet, basically. It's just terrible. So a tale as old as time, Chelsea can't score goals at the moment. It's been going on for years. Like I said, it's repeating myself every week. But I thought it was a good performance. And i got to be honest, I was quite impressed with Dortmund when they came out. I mean, they've got a very bright, vibrant team. They're popping the ball around a lot. And I think, they, you know, they came out a bit like Liverpool do. They kind of just like came out and really attacked us. And, I, and we kind of grew into the game. But second half especially, I was I was impressed with the performance because we dominated the game, but the result wasn't there. And like, if this result was in the middle of like, like better results, then I wouldn't be worried about it. But it's just the kind of macro thing that I keep talking about, like, it comes in the middle of like other bad results. It's a little bit like the Fulham game. Like the Fulham game was good mainly, but it, it comes either side of like really bad performances that you know, like Forest, etc. And this Man City, the Man City four 0 we've spoke about. So in isolation, I was actually pretty happy with the game, but in a macro sense, it's just you know another uh, another loss to tick off really. So um, yeah, difficult to take, but there are positive steps, but. Yeah, it's kind of based on that sort of um, shaky foundation, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're the first English team to lose to Borussia Dortmund in 11 matches. Um, you know, the team hasn't that team hasn't got past... <laughs> I mean, Potter's breaking all the records, isn't he, for the wrong reason? <laughs> <laughs> that team, that Borussia Dortmund team, hasn't got past the quarterfinals in a decade. You know, mm. they're not a good team, um, let's be honest. And I think you could see that yesterday. Even though in the first half we weren't very good, they still gave up two huge chances to us. Um, and obviously gave up over two XG in the, in the game to us when we haven't had that for a long time. Um, I think, you know, we have to look at what we're doing. We're nine games into 2023 right now. We've scored two goals from open play in those nine games. That was that Jal Felix goal against West Ham. And the other one was, if anyone remembers it, six weeks ago, it was Raheem Sterling, sort of his bizarre goal against Nottingham Forest um, off the bar. And Bournemouth, and, and Bournemouth too, no? No, that was the end of last last year. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so two goals, two goals in open play. I'm desperately to defend Potter, and I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, when you look at that again, from Brady's talking about a macro sense, two goals in nine games from open play. I mean, it's just it's it's so painful to even think about that being a Chelsea, a modern day Chelsea team that they were watching. Um, so yeah, I think looking at, as this game is progress, and, and like you said, looking at it as a one-off, maybe accepting that result and being like, "Oh look, we just got unlucky." But I think nine games into twenty twenty-three, you know, we're looking at that game and thinking it's just an yeah, just another expected defeat, basically. I guess if we start with the defense um, a little bit, we saw the return of Kaladu Kulabali to the defense, um, and he was uh, sort of the defensive line were were looked after by Loftus Cheek and. And um, Enzo Fernandez, what do we make of the sort of defensive performance against Dortmund? Was it too easy for them to get through? Like, what was the issue in the first half? Do you think the issue in the first half was that we had absolutely no control of the game whatsoever? Is Borussia Dortmund were just sort of bossing us in in midfield, um, all over the park, really? They, they had complete control of the game, and we were just looking to desperately get some some counters with with Havertz and Felix as basically an isolated two uh, at the, the top end of the pitch. And to be fair, they, they did do quite well, especially Felix. I was going to say um, that. Like, it sort of looked like with our player type, but playing on the break actually suited us, I mean, in a way. Yeah, I mean, with our personnel at the moment as well, playing counter-attack football kind of does suit us. But the problem is, you know, that's not the reason Graham Potter has been brought in. Graham Potter has been brought in as, as uh, a guy at Brighton that 
even as a, a team like Brighton taking on the big teams, they still wanted to be on the ball. They still wanted to dominate possession. They still wanted to press high. So it's very strange that he's come to Chelsea with n- no one's disputing better personnel and tr- sort of setting up. With, I mean, he didn't set up in a counter-attacking style last night. I think we just ended up getting dominated and couldn't find a way of controlling the game. But if it was to be like this, it'd be very strange for him to set up as a counter-attacking style um, based on his history as a manager. What's the feeling towards the attack? Obviously, we had Ziyech. Felix was sort of behind Havertz where they were kind of working together. And um, Carlo Madrid on the left. What was the feeling on that? Kind of as a as a front four in essence. I mean, I think with Mudrick, he looks really raw. I mean, he was taken off, but I I, I like Mudrick because he's got little spurts of acceleration and he kind of miscontrols the ball quite a lot, and he's he's not prone for tracking back. But I th- I think they work. I mean, Felix makes things tick, but the one it looked like a little bit to me I've I've seen online is it was like individuals all playing pretty well together, not really knowing quite how to play with each other yet. I mean, especially Felix. Felix can just make things happen. And Kai was just close. He's a fantastic player, Felix. You got yeah, I mean, he, he seems to just make it make it sort of like, force it to happen. I mean, I don't think they looked particularly fluid. I mean, with Kai, I mean, I just wanted to touch on Kai a little bit. It's like his Chelsea career at the moment is pressed up. I think it was in the 10th minute. He did a fantastic press where like he literally won the ball in their half. And then he wasn't quite in on goal, but he just like pressed the wrong button on FIFA and just booted it to their, their <laughs> goalkeeper rather than like be behind. <laughs> There was a great clip on Twitter of him receiving the ball. So, uh, he was put through by Felix, I think, in behind the defence. He received the ball and he just did some bizarre um, movement where he cut, cut inside in. yeah. onto, yeah. into two defenders with no one even on that side of the pitch. It was, it's mm. so bizarre what, 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 what he's doing up there. That won't, that won't help his take on percentage, will it? But... <laughs> well, he, had, he, 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 had, he had one yesterday, zero success. Yeah, still, still, still needs to work on that percentage if you're going to get it below 50. But... I think he might be below that uh, Southampton fullback, Perot, soon. Oh, God. Oh, that, yeah. That's the only leaderboard he's looking at at the moment. It'd be, it'd be very tough for us to have a striker in this team with the talent that's around it that has the genuine worst take on percentage in the Premier League. I mean, that would be tough. But I'm, I just, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I just don't see why Madrid can't can't slot in up front. I mean, maybe we'll see something different on Saturday. Um, you, you feel like we have to at this rate, um, but I yeah, I just feel like it needs year. a bit of a it needs a bit of a change. It's looking a bit um, weathered, like the attack, like it's kind of like, especially with Ziyech on the right, Havertz mm-hmm. up front. We've seen it before. Yeah, this is a Lampard attack, isn't it? Yeah, this is like a, an attack we've definitely seen before, mm. and I I wasn't impressed with it the season before that. I mean, it wasn't firing. It wasn't very impressive last season, and it still wasn't impressive, and I think it's like time for a change, maybe. The um, problem was last night for in Potter's defence was Mount and Gallagher were the only attacking substitutes on the bench. So if you weren't going to yeah. start Ziyech, you would have had to start Mount on the right wing which doesn't really make so much sense when you know he clearly wanted to, to invert Reese yeah, last this, night and play Reese in the more central area and have uh, Ben Chilwell sort of pushing up on the left hand side. And if you want to look at this, I, I want to touch on that on the squad. We don't have a recognised striker in our Champions League squad. I mean, that is crazy. Like we don't have a recognised. Kai is the only recognised striker because Fafana's not in, and neither is Abba. And Madueke, um, also not a recognised striker. So basically. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, ZS does it not make it look? You look back on 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 Saturday's game against West Ham, where he played Kai for ninety minutes, and just think, why did he do that? Why did he play Kai for ninety minutes, knowing that he basically had to play him for ninety minutes last night because well, there's no one else to play? So Fafana, I thought, was in contention to start versus West Ham. Should have at least come on as a sub. He didn't get a single minute. He played Kai for 90. Then he played mm-hmm. Kai for 90 again last night. If I see what, if I don't see, if I see Kai Havertz up front for us for 90 minutes on Saturday against Southampton, I, I don't know what to think about Posse. He must have some sort of bet with, with Bowley where he's agreed to play him for, for 90 minutes every game, Some how long he can do it for before the, the fans just... Look, got him, he's got him in a microwave, mate, warming him up every week. <laughs> It's funny you said, oh, reference Kai Havertz quickly. It's like, we will be referencing Kai Havertz in the freezer section coming up shortly. <laughs> I'm, I'm just quickly talking about another macro sense. It's just like, Potter must be thinking about his Bamiyang decision. I mean, because I've yeah. listened to a few, a few other sources this week. Apparently, there's nothing going on behind the scenes. He's training well, but no issue. It's just bizarre the situation we find ourselves in where Hacking What? Who else could it be? That he would have left out of the squad. It has to be someone over twenty-one. So it, it has to be Ziyech. It, 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 it would have been Ziyech. Yeah. Ziyech. Yeah. He was signature with away no in the no, email. With no, no matter there's actually no one to play that right wing spot. Assuming these guys oh, yeah, are. But you could, yeah, but room. with Abba, you could play people around Abba. You could maybe put Mudrik on the right. You could just Mudrik can play on the right. Maybe I don't know. Like something. I mean, it's the story of the season. The whole thing's a mess. Like yeah, you, 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 you look at that squad yesterday, and you're like. Like you say, Havertz is it. This is it. Like the Champions League attacking goal threat is Havertz for the rest of the, the rest of the campaign. However long it goes on, is well, that going to win it? Be, you might see Raheem Sterling as a false. Yeah, player. I was going to say Raheem Sterling yeah. coming back is the only thing that's going to shake up this attack in the near future. In terms of like, I mean, well, I prefer to have Sterling on the right at this point, and maybe Mudrik <laughs> on the left. And up front, Kai Havertz. <laughs> well, yeah, we're we're <laughs> Kai Havertz. <laughs> Maybe we should play... Uh, do you know what? This is a good time we should have kept Marcus Alonso. He would have been a better striker than Havertz. He scored tonight against United, so... Oh, yeah. from, from, from centre-back, I might add. So. <laughs> I think it's crazy, Marcus Alonso playing centre-back for Barcelona. Yeah, he was one of the worst actual one-on-one defenders I've ever he, seen. He could score a goal if he was, he was playing in goal, mate. He's got a left foot on him, Terry Marcus Alonso. Underrated. <laughs> Underrated. Um, there was some talk um, after the sort of in Potter's press conference interview at the end of the game around um, the support, and he said the support was really good. It, it feels like there's still positivity in the support in the fan base around what we're trying to do, how it's looking on the pitch. Is that something that you you guys think is is true? Definitely. I think going to the games every week, you find that the the, the atmosphere in the ground has been fantastic. Considering yeah, the results, been good. Like you, the the results have been abysmal. Like, I'm not really sure why it's been so good, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, we haven't even sc- so ten out of the twenty four games under Graham Potter, we haven't even scored in. You know, we're, we're watching games that are not only like bad results, but we're not even having anything to cheer about at all in the game. So, yeah, I, I think the support has to be applauded. Well, in the I, crowd. I, 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 don't think, I don't feel like the atmosphere. For example, we we're at Fulham home last Friday. I don't feel like the I thought like outside the ground it was kind of buzzing before the game. <laughs> like no, it was obviously a Friday night kickoff, but considering well, I mean, that position- was because of the January signings, though. I, I think when you find that the Jan, like you know, the thought of 
the buzz of the January signing goes when Enzo Fernando becomes a bit Fernandez becomes a bit of a regular player for Chelsea. I think in March or April when we're playing this badly. I think I think the fans at the moment there's a little bit of like being polite to Potter and they're kind of I think the booing of Kukurea is a bit of a deflected sort of like he used to play for Brighton and maybe there's a message to Potter that like we can turn. Absolutely, like, yeah. I, I think I, I think like. Well. If we keep playing this badly, or the results, let's say the results don't go as well, Potter's going to hear from the fans, and it, you know, it's and he already did at Man City away. There was a little snippet, snippet of it then. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know where the fans, the fans don't really know what to think about Potter. It's a bit, it's a bit of a bizarre situation, really, isn't it? So. Yeah, I, I think that you, you talking referencing Kukurea getting booed. I think, I think moves us quite nicely on to to Mark Kukurea, who I know we wanted to talk a little bit about today. Um, CFC Central on Twitter did an incredible piece on him. Um, if you don't know CFC Central on Twitter, he does incredible tactical reviews and, and little pieces like this. Well worth a follow, CFC Central 3 on, on Twitter. And um, yeah, he, he sort of referenced Kukurea's role at Brighton and sort of the expectancy that he was going to come in and be exactly like Ben Chilwell or sort of that flying fullback down the wing or, or something like that. And it's just not a, at all what he is. Um, his tactical role at Brighton, you know, he wasn't an attacking left back. You know, he, he completed zero crosses for Brighton in the six games that he played before he came to us. Um, and in the 16 games that he's played for us, he's only completed one. In 35 league games last year, and he had one assist, one goal, and three big chances. Which is quite funny. Do you remember we were all in the pub watching them get them hammer the United 4 0 when he scored? Yeah. And we were like, no, wow, this, guy, this, this guy's got so much flair, and it's his only shot all season. <laughs> where Kukurea really sort of excelled at Brighton was ground jewels and yeah. high press and marking players tightly and sort of that sort of ability to really put it on people and and I think that's what we we viewed when he was signed under previous manager obviously with the high press was he was going to be part of that sort of hybrid four five that we play and really be able to get high up the pitch and and get some high ball recoveries and sort of be part of that that high build up play and that's just not what we're we're seeing with his role at all, it's it's almost like we're we're using him in a way that isn't really his 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 ultimate strength. I mean, it was, he was compared to Carl Walker in, in that thread. And I think it's quite interesting because Carl Walker is similar. He doesn't really get, um, attack that much. He doesn't really get any goals or assists at all. Gets the odd screamer from thirty yards, but he, he's similar. Very aggressive player, um, and I think the reason that you know, obviously Man City were interested in Kukurea because he's obviously positionally really good. When you look at that thread, which I did find really interesting today, because obviously. I've been very critical of Kukurea, and I still have still have some doubts about him. But obviously, positionally, he's really well. He knows how to play an inverted left back. He he knows tactically what to do. And I think that's why Pep was interested, and in ultimately why Chelsea went for him. So I think he definitely has some strengths. But like Craig said, it's just not. He's obviously. I think he had tonsillitis, and he lost some few pounds. He has some personal issues. But um, well, yeah. I know it came out today. I think Matt Law reported that he uh, he his house got burgled. Um, uh, I think last month, or I think that's what Potter was referring to when he was talking to okay. him about having sort of personal issues as well, okay. um, as well as being in hospital. Um, yeah. Obviously, he's just a bit more of a pure left back, like not old school, but like when you look at the Andy Robertsons and Trents, and we were having the fantasy football, you expect like these like 
cavalier players who just up and down. Like not all players are like that. Like players are just more. T- and obviously he's playing an inverted role, which allows Reese James to go forward. But I think the problem for him it isn't very nice on the eye, obviously. And when the team are playing badly and like he's maybe doing this like kind of the dirty work for the team that just goes unnoticed and but he's also look looks quite negative when you put in a Twitter thread of him just like passing the ball back and not giving it to Madrid. It's just the narratives that's been created that's probably unfair and, and come at a time when the team is in like absolutely wretched form. So that's probably some reasons for it, I'd say. Yeah, and and I think it's fair to say we've had this before with a previous manager with Sari where he brought his own player, Jorginho, from Napoli. And mm, Jorginho good. ended up getting booed a lot by That's the fans. a good fans, comparison, yeah. Um, in, in a situation where really they were unhappy with Sari. That's really what they were unhappy with. Yeah. And he felt that Sari wasn't the man for Chelsea. And, and Kukure is the same. He's come with Pot from Brighton, not with Potter, the same as Sari, but, you know, same manager. And he's finding himself sort of being scapegoated a bit because of his link with the, the manager, I think. I think the issue he's going to run into Kukurea is the fact that he he is basically playing instead of Chilwell. They're not yeah. on the pitch at the same time. That that in itself is going to cause an issue. If Ben Chilwell's flying up the wing, I mean he was he was on for about five minutes before he was through one on one at West Ham. You're not going to get that with Kukurea. He's much more defensive mind. Mm-hmm. That is not a sub that is going to sit well with fans if that's the if that's what it is, because Chilwell came off the pitch in a game where we needed to score and we brought on Kukurea, fine, that means you, you make some other adjustments further up the pitch. But that that's he's not a goal threat. And yeah. that's going to cause... Chilwell came off the pitch yesterday because he hadn't played started a game for four months. Yeah. He was also injured, potentially. I think he, he felt yeah, something when he went down on the wing. But... Yeah, this is the issue you're going to run into with it. And Kukure is just not, uh, it's not going to be very pleasing for people to see that because they're expecting that. And even if you think back to Marcus Alonso, you know, he was running into the box. He was basically playing out front for some of the games I used to watch yeah. where he got a lot more freedom. So it's very different, but you need to then complement him in a different way. And if he's going to play inverted, again, it's... Is he is he's working with Enzo? Is Enzo being able to get up the pitch? I'm not really sure what Kukure is offering as a kind of inverted winger that you couldn't get out of Chilwell as a more attacking sort of left back. Like I don't I don't see the benefit. Well, it's to do with balance of the team, right? Like if you're pairing Kukurea with Mudrick, Mudrick likes to be in the wide spaces. He likes to use his pace and and, and sort of be traditionally out wide in a four two three one and cut inside. But in the that, that, in this league, he's going to get absolutely done because people are going to double up on him potentially, and he's got absolutely no help if it's Kukurea. At least with Chilwell, he's going to get someone running in behind that drags defenders back. You help with the line. He he likes to come in a bit like Nonny and open the game up, switch the play. Then you have maybe like a one one v one on the flip side with the the, the opposite winger and, and the defender. So as I said, if you're going to play him instead of Chilwell you're going to run into a lot of issues because they are, like you said, they're not the same type of player, but they're not on the same, they're not on the pitch at the same time. So I, I think can't also, be subbed on and off. I think from a narrative standpoint, just like, like Ben Chilwell, like was a Champions League winner and obviously he played incredible in that game. And I, Chris, you've always, uh, you always referenced that game even to this day. But like, yeah. it's kind of like it, the whole thing of Tuchel when we had Tuchel was like, right, when, when Chile and Reese are back, everything's fine. So when someone's keeping Chile out of the team, He's going to be the villain a bit, a little bit anyway, regardless of form, if that makes sense. Because it's like, 
Killian Reese, they're kind of like our Robertson and Trent. So it's kind of just, it's also that. It's just a lot of narrative going on. And it's obviously the price tag for Kukurea. And the one thing I will say about Kukurea tactically, I mean, I'm left-footed, so I'm not going to comment on professional football, but his, his body position sometimes isn't great. He could, like, feed it down the line more. Like, he's he, he almost seems to just, like, negatively just, like, obviously it's like a tactical thing, but I think sometimes he could slip it to Mudrick and catch a team. And the thing with slipping it to Mudrick quickly is that he can... He can go in a turn and maybe like be one on one with a defender. He can beat a man and flick it around the corner, sort of thing. So with Kukurea, it's a difficult one, but um, yeah, a difficult situation for the guy. I think as a, as a left back, I think he's he's quite strong defensively, mm. which is obviously ideal. That's that's always your starting point for me for a left back. You have to be good defensively, but as a if even if you say you're putting him in defensive midfield with Enzo as an inverted. Uh, left back, is he is he offering the same sort of thing that you can't get from Zakaria Kovacic? Can't like I, I appreciate fine you you might be tactically trying to do something, but he's more of a hindrance than a help there. I think if you're ultimately we're trying to score goals, and he doesn't have the vision. Well, and if you look at a lot of his, I definitely don't agree with that. But if you look at some of his passes, as he, I I just don't see he's got no expected goals, no expected assists. It's, but he, he's doing sort of the the role. I think this is compared to in this thread as well that that Kyle Walker does for Man yeah. City when he inverts as a fullback, right? He, he, he you're not really expecting him to be a a playmaker, but he's adding another body in midfield. When, when, they, when they had Cancelo on the other side, I suppose. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, and this is exactly the point of him is he's unlocking Reese James getting up the field on the right side, right? He he's doing that sort of more negative inverted role that doesn't really well, create. Uh, and he's allowing the the right hand side to to push forward in that regard. Mm. That 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 is that is the plan, isn't it? In the same way, exactly like you referenced with with Kyle Walker at Man City and Cancelo basically playing as a left winger. Um, that's what that's what. I think know, the issue I a little bit has been, been maybe maybe the issue has been with Reese coming back. Reese is definitely not. I mean, in the second half, I don't know. He went a really amazing run. If you remember, he beat about five players recently, and um, he won a free kick at the edge of the box. But he's been a bit limited. Obviously, he's he's watching the injury. So yeah. maybe with Reese being a bit more defensively minded himself and not as committing as much and watching watching his injury, maybe that's not helped the situation as well. So and, and you you want to say as well, Kukure he hasn't played well this last two months. That's that he's been off form. So you, it's really hard to to judge someone and completely write them off. I think Chris called him. I don't. I don't in, think he. I don't think I'd ever write him off. But I just don't see many situations where I'd want him on the pitch, considering that again, most teams are going to be sitting quite. Quite deep against us, especially that's ideal. Games. So, so no, when they get but, when they get the ball and they're trying to break, um, you know, when they finally get the ball, if we're getting seventy percent possession, he's incredible at that high press. He's on them and he's winning the ball back for us. In, in that I don't sort think of he's very quick team. either. Like he's 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 he's, uh, he's not slow. He's like medium, yeah. yeah. But I've seen him get that. Who was it? I can't remember the game he got done on, but. Anyway, he's. I'm not. Sh- I'm not convinced. He's not. He's not Carl Walker, lightning, but he's. He's definitely. He's definitely good. And obviously, you can see that in his stats with it, with his ground jewels one and um. I think he had 100 of his ground jewels one versus West Ham four or four, and then 70 percent versus Liverpool seven out of ten. Where as well, you know, this isn't talked about. Mo Salah obviously hasn't been in great form this season, but he kept him quiet. You know, Liverpool never never looked like scoring in the whole game. So, um, I, I think that. People have been very harsh on Kukurea, but I think booing him off, it, you know, it's it's not yeah, for me to, to, to tell people what to do. In in and they're obviously 
I able to vo- view their voice their own opinions at a ground, but for me, that that is ridiculous. I think the Jorginho comparison is like a really apt one. I think it's like almost identical. Where like they were a bit lukewarm because they. They, Sari and Potter are similar in a sense where they're project managers, right? I don't think Potter's ever going to be like Tuchel was to the fans where like the, the passion and all that. He's just a different character, you know? And obviously Sari didn't re-ingratiate himself to the fans at all. So they're kind of like project, they play like a Sari ball, Potter ball kind of thing. So it's a very similar situation, actually. And let's hope the Kukurea, obviously, because Jorginho's left the club now, but he definitely turned the corner and ended up winning, you know, huge honours for Chelsea. That's, we hope Kukurea turns the corner, but... Um, Definitely, and I believe in him as well. Yeah. I think he could be. I think he could be useful. I think just very limited for him at the moment, especially with the confidence levels. But with Mudrick not really firing on the left either, it's and he's okay. obviously then playing left back. It's not looking too clever down that side, that's for sure. I will say as well, I think Bowley is uh, Bowley and um, Clear Lake have hinted that they overpaid in the summer. I think they're referring to Kukurea. And people often say it's Sterling they think they overpaid for. I don't think so. I think we've got Sterling for a good price, personally. I think when they talk about overpaying, it was Kukurea they're talking about maybe Kudabali. Like, I mean, if we bought this guy for 30 million, the narrative would also be different. Like, that's it's kind of a, it's a basic narrative, but it's true. If he was 30 million, not 65 or whatever it was. You know, obviously, it wouldn't be as much heat as he's under. So, it's, do you think it's, if uh, do you think if Potter, so obviously Tuchel was part of the the team that got Kukurea in, do you think Potter would have brought in Kukurea? Do you think maybe, he's the type of player that he he would maybe like? more likely Trossard personally? I, I I think so. Yeah, I, I think he really likes Mark Mark Kukurea. I, I think he 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 understands what he wants to do tactically. I think he is incredible at it as well. We haven't seen it yet, um, but he is incredible at, at what he wants him to do as well. Um, and yeah, I, I, I 100% believe that, that he would be on board with, with bringing him in. I would, I would also say that when we brought him in under, under Tuchel, the idea was potentially to play him and Chile together in a 3-4-3 um, when he plays left centre-back. And we haven't sure, seen yeah. that, that at all. That is true, actually, yeah. That's true. I'm not sure. He, yeah, okay. Obviously, we're not sure if he would... If you were going to do that now, oh, it's different because obviously Badia Sheila's there. Um, and Fafana, Koulibaly and, and stuff. Koulibaly. So very difficult. <laughs> Levi Colwell coming back as well. We've gone from, yeah. non, we've gone from no left-footed centre-backs to about 30 <laughs> in, in the space of a summer. <laughs> That's it. This is the section of our pub we want to take a, a temperature check. Um, let's look at some players. Let's see who's freezing cold and boiling hot. I'm going to start this week, and I've got a, a great stat, or at least a good one. And you can you can tell me if you think it's good. I hear a lot about this stat. I mean, we've got to hear for it. I mean, figuring, <laughs> figuring it out okay. for like all day. You guys aren't privy to this, but we've been hearing about this stat all day in our WhatsApp I mean, group. Unbelievable. <laughs> Better be a good one. Okay. Well, the the player I want to focus on, um, not only. Was and this is just a strange stat. I just couldn't believe it when I found it. Um, he was our top player last season for fouls committed. That's last season. This season, he has actually beaten that record already from last year. <laughs> is our top player for fouls committed and leads the league in fouls committed, the Premier League. Do you know who I'm talking about? We have to guess. Go on, Craig, you guess. I'm terrible at guessing. It's Kai Havertz, isn't it? 
It's Kai Havertz with 41 fouls this season, (laughs) eclipsing his 40, which was the top fouler in our team last season. And he leads the Premier League in fouls. We've got a bit of a no-swearing policy on the pod. I think it's hard not to with Kai, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, that's apps, but you, you can kind of see it when you watch him. He just sort of, he loses the ball and he kind of fumbles into people and it's like it's a foul. <laughs> he, uh, he also bumps into people occasionally when he's pretending to jump for headers. <laughs> <laughs> he does yeah. literally press the wrong button on FIFA sometimes. You know, sometimes like I used to play Pro Evolution Soccer and shoot with square and then FIFA at circle or whatever. <laughs> He'd end, up, he'd end up just booting it. Like you'd be one on one with goal, and he's booted it because he pressed the, like, you know, the wrong. Ball I think bar. he did it's that like for that. the. I think he did that for the header for for when Dortmund. Yeah, was, was goal. He, he pressed the header button. He's, de- he's definitely got an L one press, an L one press circle. Hit it from the shoulder as well. Like he loves that as well. The shoulder oh, okay. barge. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my intro into who's freezing cold for me. I thought I'd change up from last week. Also put CH in last week, but uh, four shots, 0.5 xg. Um, for Havertz yesterday, and obviously leaves the pitch Four with shots. No, no, yeah, one shot on target as well. But leaves the pitch with no goals and no assists. <laughs> Another dreadful outing for Kai is, Havertz. Is, can we try and remember the? Uh, so they're giving one for the header, obviously for the from the corner. He had one in the box where basically he p rolled it like into the yeah. defender. There's a few. There's a few dubious ones, I think. Which well, they pressed the wrong button. He actually passed, but it rolled against goal. We'll, we'll give him it. <laughs> um but yeah he's in mm. he's in the freezer for sure mm. um locked in at this stage and i i really don't want to see him i think Saturday. we can move on from the freezer section in general right for all three of us right he's he's in the freezer he's, i he's, mean he's a manager of iceland my local iceland <laughs> <laughs> i mean he's, he's a general manager of all iceland across britain at the moment for he, me. He's, those, he's that aren't bessie's roast potatoes that, that you, you had a sunday roast like three years ago yeah. and you bought a pack where you only used seven or eight but there's still three in there they're stuck at the back of the, the freezer right, right in the corner he's next to the magnums <laughs> so so that's anyway he's freezing for me i've just got like a very small one for the fridge but uh mikhaila mudrick needs to sharpen up a bit because he's the return of the he's, fridge he's he's getting a little bit chilly for me is he? Oh, would you? Yeah, I'm getting a bit Where worried about it. Where did the fridge come from? The fridge part. The fridge, the fridge. is back. The fridge, mate. It's, we have to have a long section. It's basically freezing dead until Kaya basically goes <laughs> on the bench. We need a new section. That's it. <laughs> um, yeah. Woman up for me. Um, <laughs> the man mounted himself with the highest pass accuracy of any player yesterday 92.7, four blocks. He had a shot which almost went in, cleared off the line. Yeah, Kaladu yeah. Kulabali. What a what a performance! Warming up, that was. Uh, I was very impressed with what I saw yesterday. He, he had a great game, Kulabali. To be fair, yeah. yeah I mean, I was actually going to use Kulabali. I'll use someone else in mine, but I think it was a really important uh, game for a game for Kaladu because obviously he must be feeling the heat with a uh, big Ben's uh, form at the back, and just yeah, I mean, it was a big chance for him, and he played well. I mean, I think he and the the biggest compliment I can give him, he looked like a senior player last night. Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't look that. unsure. He looked him and Silver looked quite equal. Just and, no, and to be fair as well to him, he, he was bought to play. This is where he played at Napoli in a centre back yeah. on the left side of the four at the back, and and he's been playing the left side of a three four three to start the season mm-hmm. under Tuchel, and then he also Potter played three four three um a lot uh, at the start of his. Uh, Rain in, in, in the World Cup, yeah, I mean, before the World Cup. So he, he Kulabali's actually playing in his actual position that he's familiar with, and that could be a reason why why last night he played so well. 
I mean, we keep getting sort of the quotes out for Kukureya, tonsillitis and all, you know, he has some issues personally, but like apparently Koulibaly said like he's had some trouble settling into London and depth into the system and he talked about the change of manager. So it's not just like, if we're going to give excuses for Kukureya, we've got to do it for Koulibaly as well, right? Because he's exactly the same situation as Mark Kukureya, if that makes sense. So if we're going to give Kukureya a break, we've got to give Koulibaly a bit of a break in my Well, anyway. the one thing I would say is that Kukureya is 24 and Kaladu Koulibaly is 31 years old. So... You know, the body has got a far better track record than Kukurea, Greg. I mean, I know you keep referencing Brian Player of the Year. I mean, Kudabadi basically was like Serie A team of the year like eight years in a row or something, wasn't it? Serie A was that it's slightly worse than the championship, isn't it, Serie A? Well, maybe, but yeah, I don't know. I think I'm rooting for Kadadu. I really hope that. Yeah, it was a really assured performance, and it's like it's something that we needed. Like I said, Badishu has been playing really well, and I thought he looked as good as him, if not, like, as you said, a bit more senior. So he just had a little bit more to him. I mean, all the big teams rotate their centre backs at the moment, right? I mean, Man United do it, Ten Hag's been doing it, really good effect. If we can have four really good centre backs rotating and playing well, that's ideal for us. So, I'm happy with Silver and Badish. You'll play in every Prem game. That's for sure. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. Um, anyway, mm. so Boyden Hot for me. Um, well, I gave it Enzo last week. Um, so I'm going to flip it and give it to Felix. I think he's he's just looking exactly like the player who yeah. you'd think was signed for an absurd amount of money um, by Atletico Madrid. So like, I, I'm just super impressed with his his vision, his passing, his skill on the ball, like very difficult to get off the ball and he's got some great tricks in him. Again, uh, sort of five out of eight successful take-ons. He's, he's trying things. He's actually trying to affect the game. And yeah, like one of the very rare, rare positives in the front line, let's be honest. So um, yeah, very happy with that. Craig, you want to go next? I don't think I've been last yet, so... Sure. I'll go next. So obviously in the freezer is Kai. <laughs> he can be in the fridge as well. I mean, I, I wasn't prepared <laughs> Anywhere for the, cold. The, Anywhere the cold. I'll, I'll stick, I'll stick Mikhail in the fridge, I guess. I think nice. um, we, we've been a bit, I think, I think, I think you guys a bit harsh, really harsh. Well, well it's like, it's like a temporary yeah, measure because he doesn't just sort it out, right? You can still eat stuff out the fridge. You know, it's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> we're, re- we're ready to go against Southampton I'm just saying you know I think he, he's been a little disappointing considering his price tag and uh, the hype that we had around him I think obviously it's starting to show really that he hadn't played football for two and a half months because Shakhtar obviously hadn't, hadn't been playing um, and I think that is showing he doesn't look sharp at all right now and um, that's not to say that it's really a criticism uh, I've given up on him or anything like that. I'm just saying, you know, I think, you know, we haven't seen the best of him yet. And so he's he's in the fridge, but he's 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 ready to come out and play on uh, on Saturday against Southampton. So we, we had this we had this with Hazard, I think. Do you remember when he started? He was looking a little bit shaky and then he started like coming off the bench and like really affecting the games. I feel like maybe that's maybe we need to kind of put mm. him just just bring, start bringing him off the bench and start getting him involved. He's I mean, starting he's, all these games like it's, yeah, he's it's in my FPL crazy. team, so I think less talk about him being on the bench the better. <laughs> well, his best performance off the, was off the bench against Liverpool, right? So. That's it. That's yeah. it. Um, um, that's I'm gonna I'm gonna back that process. <laughs> yeah. Um, w- warming up, I'm going Reese James. I think uh, a couple of games that he's played now where he got subbed obviously early. Um, against Fulham, and then he played. Did he get sub? Subbed against West Ham as well. 
or he, maybe so no, he he played ninety, yeah, but he he wasn't really at his all-time attacking best um, against either of those two teams. But I think against Dortmund, especially when Kukurea came on um, for the last twenty minutes, we saw a bit more of those driving runs. We saw a bit more of him appearing with with Ziek on that right-hand side in the in the half space and and as well um, crossing it in. Just more more Reese James like performance, I thought against uh, against Dortmund, and it, it gets me excited because I, I really think he's the best right back in the world, and he, you know, if if Chelsea are going to play well, he's gonna he's got to play well, and and I think we, we're starting to see that. So we'll, we'll we'll stick him in the warming up section because he's come off the back of two pretty pretty average games for him against Fulham and West Ham, and uh, I thought he was really good last night against Dortmund, especially in the second half. Um, yeah. And and boiling hot is the same as Carissa. I'm just going to go Jal Felix because he was outstanding again yesterday. I think he he's just silky smooth. He he's got every touch under pressure that you need. He's exactly the profile and type of player that you need as a top team because he he's so press resistant and he's so good in tight spaces. When for example West Ham on on Saturday packed that central area with with players and really tried to force us out wide he can create something in there despite being surrounded by players so so i think he's just an incredible player and i'm so so excited about watching him for the rest of the season the one thing i would be concerned about with felix is i feel like he's the exact sort of player profile that Nkunku is from leipzig yeah, I was thinking that. I mean, we keep, we keep kind of forget, he's kind of forgotten man in a way. It's difficult though because if he's absolutely, if he continues his form, he's already proven for Chelsea. You've got Nkuku, obviously, could be like another you know always a chance of being an expensive flop. So it's a really difficult situation for the club. I don't know what the value of him is going to be at the end of end of the year. It's sort of a it's sort of a lose lose really because yeah. we'll either lose him or if he plays well, we'll lose out on the price tag because it'll just get shot up. So um, enjoy him while he's here, I guess, but. Those those decisions are going to be quite difficult for us, and I and I agree. You, you don't want to sign the exact same player, but on the flip side, I mean, it's both playing playing, it. bo- playing both of them might not be the worst thing in the world. Like, obviously, it's a big squad. We're going to need it. We hope if there's any mm. European football to be played next year. Um, so, it, it feels yeah. like you would need a big sale for him to come in. You need Havertz to go or something. Like, I, I don't, I'm not sure if we sell the fringe players and getting Cuckoo and a striker is going to be still so many players and like to come in. So. Um, I don't know. Let's see how it goes. But um, I mean, they seem pretty confident. It's Bowley, right? He can he can get it done with a deal. So let's see. Give me some deals down Iceland, I think. <laughs> so I'm going. <laughs> I'm going last. Yeah, it's going brutal going last this week. Anyway, so obviously in the freezing section is the human ice cube, Kai Havertz. Uh, no, no need to uh, comment otherwise. Uh, in the fridge. I'm just going to put Hakim Ziyech in the fridge. I just think he's probably just going to be in the fridge for the rest of his Chelsea career, right? Like, I, I, I thought he was. I thought second half, like well, no, last but, 20, 30 minutes, he was. Yeah, but like what I mean is like the mood around him. He's like he doesn't want to be here. Like you know, we all know that like he's gonna go. Like he he'll he'll be Hakim Ziyech. He'll 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 get a great goal, but then he just won't won't be that great. So I'm just gonna put him in the fridge. I can't think of anyone else to put in the fridge particularly. But I think I'm just gonna put Hakim in there. He, I think his Chelsea career is a bit chilly. It's been a bit of a bizarre career, and I've, I've actually scored some important goals for us. But he's just going to be in the fridge, and he can come out, probably be warming up, probably will never be boiling hot, but just in the middle ground, you know. Um, warming up, uh, difficult one, but I'm actually going to put Ruben Loftus Cheek in there. I actually, nice. I like this. I think 
I love Ruben. Like he's a, uh, he's got the model looks. He, you know, he can. He's a lovely guy around the training ground. He obviously, if his if, if a protege, but around the club, he, he was going to be incredible. And, and he's kind of morphed into this like utility player for us. Where like we don't really know where he plays. We all complain. He, you know, he doesn't take the handbrake off, but he does. He churns out good seven, eight, ten, eight out of ten performances. And like yesterday was a huge game for him. I mean, like he just came into West Ham, played ninety minutes, and then played ninety minutes. Um, Three days later, and obviously we've always teased him about being, well, not teased, but, you know, talked about his injuries and, um, you know, like him always like being on the sidelines. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's very tidy. He, he can he can be an excellent progressive runner. And I think, I actually think with Ruben, he actually might sort of uh, trick his way into like staying at Chelsea for a long time. I can see him being a backup player and a utility player for us ongoing. Because I think the thing with Ruben, he hasn't really got any resale value, right? Like, what can we resell him for, like 10 million? I think they'll probably cash in on Gallagher. But in my opinion, so he might just be the fourth guy, and maybe if they buy Zachariah, it'd be different. But I, I'm I, I'm impressed with the way he handled himself. He didn't really do anything wrong. He plays it too safe in my book. I think he could still turn the handbrake, uh, you know, turn the handbrake off. But I'm gonna put Ruben warming up, and in boarding heart, I'm just gonna put Thiago Silva in there just because I couldn't think of anybody else because there's nobody else left to put in boarding heart. And he signed a new contract, so he's boarding hot this week for me because I'm not. I, there's no point in saying Felix because you know. Probably is Felix, but I'm just going to put Thiago Silva in there. Nice. Love it. Yeah. Very happy with the new contract. Yeah. Back to the Premiership. Back to the Premier League. Exciting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Three points up for grabs. Three points up for grabs. We are hosting uh, Southampton, who uh, sacked their manager, Nathan Jones, not too long ago. So they won't have actually an official manager or head coach in place for the for the game on Saturday. Um, what do we know about Southampton? <laughs> they shipped forty goals this season, and surely we can get one at least. <laughs> second only to Bournemouth, and they got oh minus gosh. twenty-two, minus twenty-two goal difference again. Second to Bournemouth, uh, eight defeats on the road, which is the joint most in the Premier League again with with Bournemouth. Um, We've uh, we've only lost once in the last six seasons hosting Southampton, mm. um, and our home record first half yet to concede record <laughs> continues. It's, record. It's, it's surely it can continue in this game. This season's we, like a bad dream. Like the first season, first half season record. What is going on? Crazy. <laughs> but I mean, what do you think? I mean, surely. This is a home I mean, win. the first thing is a bit of a joke. We'll miss Timo Werner in this game because this is the only fixture that Timo Werner ever turned up in. <laughs> he, he scored, he's got a goal and assist every 50 minutes over four games versus them. He got five goals in four games. It was literally the Timo, Timo Werner derby. He was the only time that the Leipzig 1920 YouTube video came true, you know, the one we were watching. It's the only time he ever turned it on. So I don't know whether it was Hasselhoot who played high, high, high line. Or I remember we won six 0 last year, and Hasselhoot was like, "Oh, we playing Werner? We we'll play a high line." But um, so we'll miss Timo. But like back to reality, I think we can see a lot of rotation, right? I mean, Craig saying it like he's probably going to tear his hair out if Kai Havertz gets ninety minutes. Um, Cam Reese James played ninety minutes, uh, three sets of ninety minutes in a week. Could see some minutes for Cover or Zachariah. I mean, I've talked about Ruben. Can Ruben play another ninety? I think Mark Kukurea will likely start. And will we see the forgotten man come back in Aubameyang? I mean, we need something different. Like, Aubameyang or Fafana have got to get minutes in this game for me at some stage. And um, I'd also say that, like, uh, 
Madaweke were coming. So it actually, actually have quite a fresh feel to it. I think this team would be quite different, I think. And obviously Potter loves to rotate anyway. I think this team would be quite different from the Dortmund one. Don't know what you think, boys. Well, we, we need to win and we don't play again after, after this that, game. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> we don't play again after this game till Spurs away yeah. on the Sunday after. So it's an eight-day break yeah. Yeah. Um, after this game. So talking about resting players, I don't know. I, I think we will see some changes just because Bad Ischel and Madueke will definitely come back in, I think, um, to the team. Yeah. We also might see Raheem Sterling, which would be nice. Yeah, um, I was. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm um, not, what, what was his injury? Is it just sort of a reoccurring thing since he's come back, or I'm not sure. I don't think it was uh, really announced what his injury was. He, but said he, he possibly got, got kicked, kicked in training. training. Yeah. 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 Mm. So um, I, that's, I, that's I, Mudrick. That's Mudrick trying to keep him out of the team. <laughs> <laughs> Take that's Kai that. Havertz hearing rumours about the false nine. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Um, got an icicle I, on it. I think. I think Reese. We'll probably get a rest, um, or at least not a start, because um, two ninety minutes in a row. I think you can risk Aspie at right back. Though. I mean, I, 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 I think this is a this is an absolute must, and it sounds daft, but it's an absolute must win. He has to play Rhys James, and I think starting him and then taking him off is a much better solution than yeah. starting Aspie at home him. without Rhys James. We can't. We can't beat anyone, mate. We have. Can we beat anyone? <laughs> to check the record books. I, I just want I, I just want to celebrate a goal. I kind of feel forgotten what it feels <laughs> like. When was the last time we scored a goal at home? In a, Was it Bournemouth at the it's end of December? Yeah. yeah. God, well, just, Palace, right? Palace, Palace, Palace. Oh, yeah. Palace Havertz had a header from, from a, a corner. It just feel nice to celebrate a goal. That's what we've, I just, scored, we've scored we've nine goals nine. in the last 15 in all comps. Nine. I mean, that that is... Potter has had... 10 blanks and he's 20 40% of Potter's games we have not scored in yeah I mean it's we can, you can reel the stats off and we can read them all day but it's it's ugly isn't it it's not good but um, I think there's there's an opportunity to to put a good run together always um, this is a game we can definitely win if he then goes to Tottenham and, and does something there then narratives can change based on the performances we've seen and, and what he's kind of been telling us in the press conferences um, and the interviews. So, look, I, I'm i expecting, as you said, changes. We should, should see Nani, Badia Sheila. I think Chilwell will probably start again. I, I'd like to see that. I think let's try and keep that sort of fitness level going with Chilwell and James. I think we'll probably have to utilise the subs in the second half. So first half for me has to be absolutely... Do you think uh, do you think Thiago Silva might get a rest on Saturday? Yeah, I was thinking that. Well, Maybe, we, can't, uh... we can't afford to risk to rest him. God, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think a centre back partnership of Kalidou Koulibaly and Benoit Badishil might be used on. We could see Fafana. Could see Fafana. No, I don't think possibly. Yeah, he's sure got to get minutes though at some point because he was on the bench. What last couple of games? What's how many players? Also, uh, Kovacic and Zakaria both were on the bench on Wednesday yeah. night. Yeah, I think we could see Enzo get a rest as well. I think Enzo, yeah. for me, definitely needs a rest. I, I thought he was looking... I know he got beaten for the goal or whatever. But I'm getting he, quite he, worried about this game. We're not going to play Silver, Reese, James or Enzo. I'm not, I'm not happy about this. <laughs> you won't. You get all I might sell my ticket, to be I'm honest. Not, I, might, I might put some money on Southampton, to be honest. That's right. <laughs> No, yeah. I think we. I think he'll put out most of the. I, I do think Enzo could probably do with a rest. He's literally just flown in and played what three games in a row, ninety minutes. 
because yeah. there hasn't been anyone else to play. So we have to make some room in midfield. Um, and Kovacic and um, Zachariah are back, right? So give them some time to play. Loftus-Cheek could, could feature as well, probably, then if they're going to rotate Kovacic and Zachariah and maybe give Enzo a rest and have them on the bench. I think an Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang to start for Chelsea. That's my shout. I'd like to see Fofana start. You know, I've I've seen enough of Aubameyang to know that. With Aubameyang, it's like you gotta you gotta give him a go, no? At what? I, I, I would. He's, I would he's like, had a go. I would like to see Ober up front as well, personally. I, mean, I, I, I like Fofana. He's but he's a. I think I alluded to in the last, but he's a prospect. Like, why is Aubameyang like? You have to. You might also put him in under twenty threes if he's playing Fofana ahead of him. Like he has I to. Think people him. have very short memories of what Aubameyang was doing on the pitch. Okay, okay, what Chris, are you referencing? Right, has always been a striker, not that good at pressing, and needs chance creation in the team. We can. How many t- chances have we created for him? Once, one against Forest, where he missed it. Okay, he missed kind of a sitter. <laughs> Other than that, he's had absolutely nothing. But he yeah, didn't it, even start against Forest. Well, when was the last time we gave him a chance to start a game? I believe it was Arsenal at home when he was dreadful. Oh no. Theory, mate. That might have done it. That actually might have really done it for him because he was. But he didn't play up front that day. He played Havertz up front, and he played him as sort of like a mm, a, yeah. a right a left winger. I believe that. Whatever he was doing on the pitch, I don't. I didn't like it, and well, we I haven't seen. We got absolutely battered in that game where we barely even touched the ball. I don't think I'm going to scapegoat scapegoat a Bamiang. And the Bamiang is Havertz turned up for the next game, having miss kicked the cor- the corner into the net. <laughs> And Aubameyang was was ousted. Make it make sense. I mean, Kai Kai is almost like like begging for a a dropping. Do you know what I mean? In fact, with with Mount, it's like you could tell with Mount, like he probably maybe appreciate getting dropped. Like I'm playing badly, I'm tired. Like Mount's like, like, Havertz is like, drop me. I'm in the freezer. Potter's like, no, 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 you're going to warm up soon. It's like, come on. It's like... I can tell, Chris. Obviously, you don't really rate Aubameyang as much as me. And do you know um, what it is? Not I don't. It's not I don't. I actually quite enjoyed the signing of Aubameyang. I thought he's a he's a goal scorer. It's exactly what kind of player we needed. Yes. The issue, the issue I have with Aubameyang is the way that we've gone about. It's it's all changed from that point, though, isn't it? From when we signed him. Um, yeah, but like we did. And, have I, and I think taking a chance on Fafana at this stage is a much better idea because. He could actually be someone who wants to deliver because he's he's hungry. He's signed. He's young. He's he's got a lot of energy. We saw that for the the twenty minutes he was there. On Fana should be on loan. Yeah, he well he look, he, he looks very raw. He should, he should be on loan. If we had a decent striker, we wouldn't be signed for Fana. The only reason we're considering is because we haven't got anyone. Ambrosia's injured. Like for Fana, like I don't, I don't mind Abamyang starting at all. I would just that. I just don't want to see Kai Havertz at this point, and I yeah. prefer to see Fafana over Aubameyang just I because I want all, to see him we've play. We've had enough of Kai Havertz. <laughs> yeah, we've had enough. But I want to see Fafana play. I, you know, let, let let me let me get like sixty minutes of Fafana. Let me see what we're working with here. Um, yeah, because I'm fine with that as well. Yeah. I don't mind. I personally Kai Havertz start. is starting on Saturday. So. Sixty of Abba, thirty of Fafana's up for me. But... Yeah, yeah, that sounds good to me as well. Just yeah, get him yeah. up now. I want to see him with Mudrik. Felix and Madueke behind him, Aubameyang. That's what I want to see him up front. Let's see what he can do because he's always been a great finisher. He's always been a great finisher and that's and and also a dangerous player in and around the box. He can curl it into the top corner from that left side from 25 yards out, 20 yards out, that edge of the box. We've seen him score that goal a million times. Whereas Kai Havertz has never scored that goal. 
He's literally he's never scored any good goals. Basically, um, no, he scored, no, he scored one in the one in the Champions, Champions League, League yeah, this year, where he pinged it into the top. I think he, he the thing is like, he, looked, he looked surprised. <laughs> me. He looked surprised. Me did it. Potter and Mount were like, "Wow, he's done. What's that? What was that? Oh, that was a fluke. <laughs> Who's that? I couldn't believe it. He pressed the wrong button." Kai's had, had a hard time on this podcast, to be honest. So we're not really uh, big haters in in general of Kai. Um, it's sort of just transitions. Will always have a special place in our hearts because of the, he basically, you know, you know, the song. He won the Champions League for us, but it's frustrating because you can see there's a player there. I, I don't know if you remember like Crystal Palace like a couple of seasons ago. Do you remember when he like scored two goals and he like mm-hmm. kind of flicked it up for himself and he scored an absolute worldie? There's a player there. There is a player there, and it's like that's where the annoyance is. Like, if he was like no good, you would you would be like, oh, he's no good setting. But we know there's a player there, and he's just not there. So it's different, and we yeah. don't know where to play him. So it's it's a frustration, I think, for us. So. Before we before we finish up, lads, I just want a quick quiz. I'm I'm going to do a quiz every week on our opponents that we're facing every week in the Premiership and in the Premier League. Anyway, the quiz this week is um, who was the last player to leave Chelsea? For Southampton and vice versa. I think the last way to leave Chelsea for Southampton was Livermento, wasn't he? Yeah. Your yeah. one, your, your favorite, Craig. You wanted him back. One of my fa- yeah, I do want him. I still want him back. Although yeah. I do like this guy we've signed from uh, Leon as well. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's injured too. <laughs> yeah. Both Boy, that's, injured. That's, that's like the initiation thing for Chelsea, isn't it? Like a six week injury. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that was the easy one. The second one, and vice versa, who is the last player to go from? Southampton to Chelsea. Southampton to Chelsea. Is it Brozier? No, it's not oh, Brozier. No, I think That's the last player to go from Southampton to Chelsea is this little 17-year-old kid we've signed. He's from... done it. Can you name him? <laughs> I can't um, I can't name him, unfortunately. Oh, you pulled it out there. There's... He's got a double-barreled name, I think, right? Chelsea makes so many signings, we actually have to sweep some under the rug so we don't get um, you know done for FPP anymore. We signed a 17-year-old. Jimmy J. Morgan. He's yeah. injured uh, too, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Might be. Nightmare. He's a 17 year old striker, so Chris is probably going to throw him in above uh, in, ahead of Aubameyang, even if he is injured. <laughs> uh, just to uh, see what he's got. Just see what he can offer. He's got. Oh, he's, might as well do it now. He, I, I, he was fuming because I can't remember the guy we got from Southampton. Was it Joe? Um, the Southampton guy, the scout that we got from them. What was it? Shields, is it? Is that his name? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I think uh, Joe Shields, our new uh, scout acquisition from Southampton, was key to the deal for Morgan. But yeah, we'll see how he goes. And uh, yeah, I mean, if we can't score any more goals, might as well chuck him in as well. Chuck him into the attacker pile. Why not? Why not? Absolutely. Let's finish off with some predictions. Um, Brady, what have you got for me tomorrow on Saturday? Sorry. 1-0 to Chelsea. I've got. <laughs> Brutal. Um... <laughs> Great. I'm the realist here. You said two 0 to Chelsea last night. We did win. We did win two 0 next week. To be fair. Well, that's it. Or two one, I think. No, uh, Craig, I'll go with two 0 Chelsea uh, against Southampton on on Saturday. Lovely. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go for a. I'll, I'll change. You done well. Brody's done one 0 Craig, you've done two 0 So I'll do three 0 just for uh, ever, ever the optimist. See, who gets there. Well, that's it. Let's go for. Depends if the final starts, eh? That's it. If if Fafana starts and gets a hat trick, we all know the ice cube's starting. <laughs> that's it. Right, that's all we've got time for today. Um, regardless of the result, we'll, we'll we will be back next week for more updates and all things the SCR. You can follow us on Twitter at Eat Sleep Chelsea 
As always, we hope you're carefree wherever you may be. And thanks for listening.